0: Well, I don't see the point in waiting any longer, so let's bring her out. The star attraction, the one you came to see, ladies and gentlemen, the one, the only, Ms. Judy Gold.
1: You were successful pretty quickly, don't you think? Yes, it happened. Like it was
0: six years. They put me on the, I got to be on the Tonight Show. Right. But then I feel like I never was, I wasn't ready to be a headliner yet. Right. And so I feel like I always missed those years of middling that would have made me a really strong headliner.
1: You know, very, very excellent point, Wendela, because. I just had Jonathan Katz on who also was in Boston when you started. And I and I told him I remember the one thing I remember about you and he doesn't like stand up by the way. He hates doing stand up, but he told me that I the one thing I remembered about him was that he would only do 40 minutes when he headlined. That was it. He's like that's all I'm doing, that's all I have, that's all anyone wants to see me. And the, and he was like and you know most clubs want 45 to an hour. And I think that I made this choice. I'm going to go on the road and middle so I can get really strong. And the annoying Jonathan, no, the amazing Jonathan, I was working with him at Catch Rising Star. And I was really funny by that time. I think it was like 80, it was like 90, 89, 90. And he said, now, You're ready to head. It's so interesting because I know there's a lot of things comics said to you that stayed with you. But he said, you're really funny and you're really strong. And now you need a closer that no one wants to follow. And that's when I put in and I am telling you, I'm not going that that closer. Um, And he goes, that's when you that now you're ready to be a headliner. And so it's interesting that you say that, that you kept your day job. And we're not, you know, because when you feature and a lot of comics now go from social media fame of being able to do 15 minutes to being booked as a headliner and they don't have the material. My closing bit was a song. It
0: was? It was a song parody. What was it? Well, I had a little tape recorder. I can't believe I'm saying this out loud. I had a tape recorder and I had Suzanne Vega's song. My name is Orca. They had, instead of my name is Luca, they had yeah. like wrapped these whales under the ice at the time in the 80s. <laughs> <laughs> and I just remember there was a line about Dan Quayle. Right. Because it rhymed with whale. Right. And I closed with that for 20 years. No, I'm kidding. That, for, right. like, the first five years. Wow, and it always got a laugh. All right, so maybe they were laughing at my voice.
1: No, so you won this um, comedy competition in Boston. Is that correct? And that led you to the Tonight Show. Correct?
0: Yes, because they so I came out to L.A. and the Tonight Show was in the audience, and they were like, "Where, where have you
1: been?" Like Boston, uh, Boston, and it was Jim McCauley, yeah, who was the um, Booker for for Johnson. the Tonight Show with Johnny Carson, with and Johnny I
0: mean, fucking
1: no. Carson. No, and it was so surreal. No, I was going to say Stephen. You
0: asked Stephen Wright um, for advice because he was he was with Ron at one. He was friends with Ron Lynch, and so I got to meet him and I idolized him. I remember oh, some place college and I saw him on my little black and white TV. This is Stephen Wright I'm talking about. And then the next day I was flying to New York from Boston and I see him get on the plane. No. Freaking out. I was like, I know, I know who that is. I didn't realize, I thought it was Art Garfunkel. Right. And I was like, that's Stephen Wright. And then I was gonna say something to him as he walked off the plane. But on my, I swear he never got off the plane. Maybe he got out the bat. Oh no. But I've told him years later that I saw him on the plane. But at that time, I said, What advice do you have for me? I'm doing the Tonight Show. And he said, Just make this audience laugh. Don't Just laugh. make
1: the studio audience laugh. Don't worry about the audience at home.
0: Right. So that was, I took that to heart. And that made a lot of sense. Hard to do because you're like, Freaking out, you're on the Tonight Show. Right. But I still just tried to make that audience
1: laugh. And it's funny because when I did Late Night for the first time, I was told don't worry about the studio audience, worry about the audience at home by someone who didn't do stand up. It was by like a manager, you know? who they always know exactly what to say. (laughs) (laughs) So you do um, the Tonight Show. You were really hot. I mean, in 96, you won the American Comedy Award for Best Female Stand-Up. You know, a lot Judy, if you're trying to ask me what happened. No, I'm not. I'm just saying that- please that was my highlight of my career too as was around that time but it was what my point was that you were really like the it girl and yet you had no fucking attitude no you had an act you had no shitty attitude you were not you were so warm and not cunty yeah, you never were, like, ruthless, which is the thing that I feel like I'm missing, that I could have been more ruthless, and maybe I'd be in a different situation. But you were never like that. Well, I think that's
0: what goes into doing comedy. Like, I'm writing a musical right now. yeah you know, I know. About three stand-up comedians... In Vegas over Valentine's Day in 2017, right after Tom gets elected, because right
1: and Trump's Judy's left. one of the. Comments? And
0: Judy, you could play the the waitress who falls in love. Okay. But, um, well, okay. But oh, you could be the you could be the lead. Okay. Thanks. Okay. And um, <laughs> I'll just change the script a little bit. Oh my God,
1: Everyone, I'm the lead. <laughs> <laughs> okay, go ahead. I'm well, um, on Tuesday. Are you gonna put this the sheet on the door of who got what part, like they did in high school? Okay, go ahead. yeah, so um, I'm trying to think about what
0: um, makes what makes the what makes a comedian like you have to have a drive, right? So we have to have like a big ego, but we also right have to be really insecure and need constant right
1: violence. and miserable,
0: yeah. So, I think the part of me that you're thinking about is the insecure part where I don't have a cunty leg to stand on because I'm a piece of shit. It's Judy Toll's. Right.
1: Judy Toll. I am a piece of shit that the the world revolves around. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I love you, Judy Toll. Yeah. I love you, Judy Toll. So, basically,
0: I don't ever feel good enough to be a cunt.
1: Right. And you are—I mean, I know you for a long time. You are always, and I am too, surprised when people are cunty. Like there are, like there are certain comics that have been cunty, and we have both been like, I can't believe these people are cunties. You know, you um, did while before you got the Tonight Show. You were um, being followed by 48 hours, right? Because you were a secretary during the day at Radcliffe and doing comedy at night. And you won the finals in the Boston Comedy Competition. That led you to The Tonight Show, which then led you to the American Comedy Awards. And you did Letterman. Now, so many people don't know you really didn't do Letterman and Carson. No, there were very few people who did both shows. Oh, I didn't um, know that. Yeah, it was like being at the Improv or the Comedy Store. Like you were like, I'm in this club or I'm in that. And you ended, how did you end up, because Letterman did not have a lot of women on. It was like Margaret Smith. Right. You, Leifer, at- maybe, um, right. Boozler, Sandra Bernhardt, right. right? So, oh. Okay, so how did you get Letterman? I don't
0: remember. I just remember Morty, Robert Morton, who was the booker, sitting in the audience, and I remember thinking to myself, how am I going to make this guy think I'm funny? Like, that's what I right. do. And I also thought that about Barry Katz, who ran Played Against Sam. I right. thinking, how am I going to get this guy to know that I'm funny and that was my goal I wanted people to think I was funny and I still to this day like that's all I give a shit about I just want the person that I'm with to be a little bit happier when they leave like to have laughed and felt connected and right so to answer your question I guess Morty saw me and he thought I was funny and I mean, yeah. I mean, and look at the
1: d- face. <laughs> you did Ferguson. Yeah. Um, you tell a story uh, about going to a party at Phyllis Diller's house, which I love. Huh. She said something to you, which sort of fed or maybe was the muse for how you deliver your jokes. Can you say what she told you? You have to hit the audience
0: you have to hit the audience. Okay, this is when I was like eleven, and I right. heard on Mike Douglas or something. Oh,
1: right, right, right. Okay, sorry. And she
0: said you have to hit the audience, and just when they think they're done laughing, you have to hit them again. And I remember I'm eleven, and I'm thinking, I know what you mean. <laughs> like I it made such sense to me. And then later, I got to meet her. Yeah, friended her son. And her daughter, uh, Phyllis invited me to a party and her daughter gave me the tour and her daughter said, this is the Apre fuck room. We <laughs> had a room for after fucking.
1: Oh my God, that's I hilarious.
0: The Apre fuck room. And then I brought Henriette at Mantella Yes, she family.
1: was just talking to me about, we were just on the phone and she said, I remember this party at, yeah, at At Rose Aldrin was there.
0: No. And, yes, the astronaut. And then Phyllis made an announcement and said, this bathroom, the door won't open, so don't use this bathroom. Use the bathroom next to the apree fuck room. And then um, about an hour later, somebody got locked in the bathroom, (laughs) and they had to call the fire department, and it was Phyllis.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I love that story. Yeah. She called me Liebman. Oh, uh, I interviewed her once for that, whatever, Toyota, women's, whatever thing in LA. And it was fascinating. It was just fascinating. Um, She's an artist. Like she would write. Oh, and a concert pianist. Yeah. Beyond. It's played with multiple orchestras. You, you, by the way, you're, you're, I'm not like, you're good. You're just as good. So shut up. You know, I love my liquid IV that I drink liquid IV pretty much every day. And I love it because it keeps me hydrated. I travel with it because it's in little packets. It tastes great. It's an amazing product. It hydrates better than water alone, three times the electrolytes of the leading sports drinks, eight vitamins and nutrients, non-GMO. But here's the best part. You know, I've been bragging about Ben, my son, Ben, who plays basketball. His team, his entire team, they love Liquid IV. I mean, they are number four in the nation. They are an amazing team. They've done better than ever this year. Dare I say it's because of the Liquid IV? I'm not going to say for sure, but I'm telling you, these athletes love Liquid IV. They love all the flavors, strawberry, lemonade. I love the watermelon. I never give them any of my watermelon. They have sugar-free, white peach, green grape, lemon, lime. It makes you feel great. And if you need a little caffeine, the the, uh, lemon ginger is beyond, beyond. And I know they use it. While they're working out, I'm pretty sure they might use it after a game that they won and went out and had, you know, a couple of drinky poos. But that being said, I love Liquid IV. They're a great sponsor. They're a great product. And I honestly couldn't live without them. And it's winter still. You need to be hydrated. Hydration is very important. So weekends are for going wild, as you all know. Have a game plan for Monday. That's what you need. I just had this conversation with Ben's girlfriend. I said, if you're going to go out and party, you need a game plan. And what's your game plan? Liquid IV. Weekends are for going wild. Have a game plan for Monday with Liquid IV. Grab your Liquid IV hydration multiplier sugar-free. In bulk nationwide at Costco, or get 20% off your first order when you go to liquidiv.com and use code Judy Gold, J U D Y G O L D, at checkout. That's 20% off your first order when you shop Superior Hydration today using promo code Judy Gold, J U D Y G O L D, at liquidiv.com. You're welcome! You have been compared to Dorothy Parker. There, we also have something very, uh, another thing in common, which is the love of variety shows. Now, I know when you were a kid, you loved like Sonny and Cher and SNL, and like all, the, and I was addicted to those shows too. And I know when you talk about how you remember Phyllis Diller saying that when you were 11. It's like I remember Joan sitting on those panels and making fuck the whitest guy in the world laugh. Yes, and being like completely, you know, brash and and unapologetic. And I was like, oh my god, that's that's I can do that. You know, I would um, get nervous for the comedian
0: who was doing stand up until they got a
1: laugh. Until they got their first. I read and that I about was you. Like,
0: this is before I did stand-up. Right. And I, okay, this is how nervous I was, social anxiety. This is in my 20s before I did stand-up. I remember being on a plane, seeing the flight attendant behind the curtain, making an announcement, and I got nervous for her.
1: No way.
0: Yes. Like, that's how nervous I was. So it's like, I totally had to, I don't know if it was drugs. My first six years of stand-up, I was sleep deprived and it helped me get on stage because I didn't have like- The fences were down. Yeah.
1: You know, it's funny because I remember being in school and they would have announcements in the auditorium or in the cafeteria and I wanted that microphone (gasps) so bad. I was obsessed with microphones (laughs) and I had one in high school. I got a microphone and I just wanted to have a microphone. I it was very so, I know and I'm a Leslie. <laughs> um okay, so yes,
0: I love Flip Wilson.
1: Yeah, oh love Flip Wilson. One of your first jokes, which is fucking genius. I'm a writer. I write checks. They're mostly fiction. You recently updated that joke. Is that correct?
0: Well, I've worked on that joke for 35 years. Right. And I remember at the beginning, I would say everything that was on the piece of paper and I never went off. And then I saw Jake Johansson two nights in a row and he did different setups. And I was floored that he could go off script and just talk. Right. And so I've played around with that joke ever since and so now sometimes I say I'm a writer I write checks they're not very good
1: <laughs> mostly fiction right
0: so I have lots of different and it just- I
1: know and and it's interesting if you follow Wendela on the Facebook you will get um different versions of the same joke uh, and she lets people vote on what which one they like. Yes, I've been doing that recently, and it's really fun. And I it's have, fun to see what other comics say.
0: I have like five to six hundred people weighing in, which is funnier, this way or this way.
1: And I mean, the one about the curse jar. I mean, it's fucking hilarious. They're both. The thing is, they're both hilarious. But it really is. What do you think? I mean. You've perfected the pregnant pause, you know, and this is all in timing, but it's so interesting because it's the use of the language, the, you can either use a shitload of words or very few words. It, it, it's really, it, it's just incredible. Well, do um, you, want
0: tell you, the, you want me to tell your audience what the two jokes are? Yeah,
1: the two jokes. Yeah, I love this. Yeah.
0: The first joke is... Growing up, we had a swear jar. And every time we swore, we had to put money in the jar. And then at the end of the year, we would take the money and we would go to the fucking Bahamas. (laughs) So that's number one. But then I had to do a show where I couldn't swear. And so I thought I could either just not do the joke, but what would the other way be? So then I thought, growing up, we had a swear jar. And every time we swore, we had to put money in the jar. And then at the end of the year, we would take the money and we would go to Disneyland, the Bahamas, Tahiti, Fiji Island, the Galapagos. We'd go to water parks. <laughs> I just what I going. picked. I picked that one. <laughs> and then, and then my daddy would empty the second fucking jar. <laughs> <laughs> That's if I want to swear, right? But. It's fascinating. Those are two different jokes, really. Right. And uh, I just loved it. It was really fun. Right. That on Facebook.
1: I love doing that. And uh, when I was uh, when I, in 1995, four or five, I was did an, uh, an HBO special. And it's because of you that I had all that material because we used to send each other five to ten jokes a day. And Let's I, do that again. I would like to do. Well, can we? But only two or three jokes a yeah, day. Yeah, I can't oh. do five to ten. I have other things to do. Like <laughs> two taking, or three. Okay, we have to do two or three jokes a day. But that thing that we did built my act. Like I'm not kidding. I have so many jokes from us. And you did that with a lot of people. You would send. You know. And it's. I'm. We're. I'm not kidding. Everyone, listen. We're doing this. Um in, I guess, I guess, I don't know, was it 99? You went to meet this guy, Jeff, Jeff Sherman, for uh, lunch uh, to talk about an animated show. Is that correct?
0: Yes. So at the time I had a girlfriend, I've told you I am bisexual, so.
1: I know, but I wasn't saying it. No, I know, but I had a girlfriend. Because I was trying to be, you did have a girlfriend. I know the girlfriend, I know the whole story, but I was being really good. Wasn't I being really good? Uh, but I had a girlfriend and you were obsessed and then
0: and I saw Jeff Sherman and I pictured him looking like George Costanza because I talked on the phone and so when I met him it truly was love at first sight for us both and now I'm not so sure (laughs) but at the time no, it was love at first sight. Like it was palpable.
1: Um, I read him say that he saw you walk in and his knees started shaking. He couldn't stand up. Right. And you went to talk about an animated show. Now, Jeff Sherman, who I really also would love to have on the podcast, is so fascinating he is the son of one of the Sherman brothers who wrote every musical of our youth, worked at Disney. And he also has spoken about hanging out at, at you know, going to like Walt Disney. And when I heard him speak about Walt Disney, I was like, but I thought he, he was a Nazi. I can't, you know, like.
0: Right. Well, he did. People thought he was anti-Semitic. I never met Walt Disney, but right. um, I just remember Jeff told me when he was a little boy, he went yeah. to Disney Studios with his dad, Bob, Robert Sherman. They were working on Mary Poppins. And uh, his father said, this is Walt Disney. And Walt took him to the studio where they were doing the rooftops of London. Right. And- and he said, What do you think? And Jeff was like, uh, oh, I don't and Jeff was like five or something. I don't yeah. know I think people are gonna think that they're dancing on rooftops because it's on the floor. Right. Walt Disney bent down and goes, This is what they're gonna see. Right. And goes, and he held up movie his movie. hand. Yeah. Held up his hand and goes, That's movie magic. Don't tell your friends.
1: <laughs> yeah, I love that story. I know. Uh so, and yeah. that, and that the fact that Walt Disney was like. I need the opinion of a five-year-old, you
0: know. Exactly. Well, he knew his audience.
1: Right. And
0: he remembered Um, all the kids' names.
1: Right. That uh, I heard Jeff say that, that he remembered everyone's name always. Um, so you meet Jeff at this lunch, and you have to break off, you just break off this relationship like immediately. This other took
0: months. It did, yeah. It was, it was
1: yeah it took a couple of months oh it was pretty i thought it was pretty quick but whatever but in lesbian time no a couple of months is like you know usually it's like five years but anyway
0: right
1: and you get married i didn't invite you because i um... fine it's (laughs) fine i couldn't go to judy toll's wedding because i was like nine months pregnant but whatever um so you guys get married, and you become not only are you married to he is such a great guy, like he's such a fucking great guy, and you become a stepmom, and you took to it like you and Susie Essman, both married people with kids, and became their mothers. And we're so good at it. Like you really embrace that. And the lot, like I've been over to your house, the love in that place is palpable.
0: Well, they have my stepsons have a mother. Right. So, but we had them like 90% of the time. Right. So, yes, I became a stepmom and my youngest was just in town.
1: Right. right?
0: And he it, I consider them my children. Like of course. So I do remember a taxi cab driver in, in Denver once said to me, Don't fool yourself. They're even though you're raised helping raise them, they're always gonna love their mother more.
1: So I always had
0: that in the back of my head.
1: Oh but, fuck you. Did you give him a big tip, the taxi driver? Probably
0: <laughs> but um but I figure like in life you get roles to play Mm -hmm. and my role as a stepmom, I chose how I wanted it to be. Do you know what I mean? Right. Yeah. I wanted to put everything into it. I love that. Even though my husband, Jeff is like, he's the cook and he's, he's very maternal. My husband.
1: He's very Renaissance Manny. Well, so are both of my steps. Yeah.
0: They're both musicians and they're both very like sensitive and, um, but also, like
1: they're just cool. They're all. They're... And you're a grandmother, correct?
0: I am. I am a great grandmother. No, I'm a grandmother.
1: Yeah. I'm a, great... <laughs> I'm a grandmother. I'm a step grandmother.
0: One of my my other stepson had a baby, and um, I never had a baby. Right. So this is a really new experience. I've held my niece when she was a baby, but this is like the first baby that. Loves me, and I can imagine what it's like to be a right.
1: Do you feel like I when You're I old? I, mean, I feel old? Well, no. you are. But do you feel like um you know? I look at you with that baby, and it's so natural. Do you feel like it is completely a natural? Because some people yeah. are like, "Oh wait, how do I?" Uh, yeah. you, there's there doesn't seem to be any of that.
0: Well, I did drop her twice. No. Okay. <laughs> uh, so it just, yeah it really just does feel natural it's uh i'm a booby. i'm a booby.
1: you're a boobie now you you married jeff and um i mean we did a few road gigs together which <laughs> were fucking crazy we four women went out i wanted to kill myself we were in the shittiest hotel you definitely have insomnia or you had weird sleeping patterns I remember that, but you know, women comics, we never got to go on the road together. So it was always, that was, we did it. We made no money, but we did it so we could be together. And yeah, we really, uh, I think we owed
0: money at the end of that. Yes. In Minnesota.
1: It was so stupid, but <laughs> you, you made me laugh so much and making you laugh is the funny, is the best fucking uh, thing in the entire I world. I
0: the same way too.
1: Oh, stop. So in 2014, you and Jeffrey were hit by a drunk driver in a car, like this eight cars or nine cars. And a, one family was, did anyone pass? One person died in the car next to us. And you saw, I remember I you telling. In, yeah.
0: And I just remember looking over and going, oh my God, she just died. That woman just died. And it was a wake up call. It was like i'm getting like ptsd thinking about it.
1: all right we don't have to talk
0: about okay. it but it was a
1: drunk driver right and i remember when that happened i remember reading about it and you know talking to you about it and it made you do america's got talent it really did After the accident, I was
0: sitting on the bus bench waiting for the cops to arrive. And I thought, I have to get back out there. I have to like hustle. Yeah, I have to hustle. I had been staying home a lot to help raise the boys. And um, yeah, I was like, I'm going to do America's Got Talent. I had seen Tom Cotter on it and I thought, that looks like fun. And so even though I got a lot of flack for doing it, because people were like, you were on The Tonight Show, the producers didn't care. They were like, there were some singers who had already had contracts with major record labels. They didn't care. They just wanted a good show. So I auditioned for America's Got Talent. And um, yeah, I did that show.
1: I remember talking to you about it. And um, and I remember you saying people were like being judgy about it. Um, and you were like, Jeff wants me to do it. And I want to do it. And I'm going to do it. And you, and you got to the uh, semis and then Howard (laughs) picked you as his whatever. Yeah. And you went all the, what did you, how did you, you went to the finals, right?
0: No, no, I was semi-finalist. He brought me back and then I was semi-finalist. Did it
1: do what you wanted it to do? I mean, in a way you have people going, oh, uh-huh.
0: Right, right,
1: right. But I, when I spoke to you, I felt like you did it for you.
0: I needed to do it for me, and did it do what I want? I don't know what I wanted to do, which has been like a problem my whole life. <laughs> <I don't laughs> have a plan, right, right. Um, but I got a little more exposure, and I sold out a couple of clubs which I hadn't done before, and so I felt like it was a win in that way. And now people say, oh, you were on America's Got Talent. So right. I feel like it's all cumulative. I agree. And I i I don't know if I would have done it now, like if I was offered that now or right. making that decision again, I don't know. But I feel like it was the next step. And after I did that, that's when I realized, oh, I just want to be, home. I want to stay close to home. And right. so I started a club here in L.A. The right. i you to come out. The Tellos. the Tellos. locally grown comedy. And I've had everybody from Arsenio to Tignataro to Nikki Glaser to Billy Gardell to
1: George Lopez. I mean, I've had everybody. Yeah, yeah you've really, it's been, oh, yeah. yeah. No, I hosted it. I hosted I know. And, and your son plays music at it.
0: And one of my stepson's does music
1: beforehand. Right. Yeah. Hey everyone, you know, one of my favorite things in life, if not my most favorite thing in life, which yeah, it's arguably my most favorite thing in life besides my kids and is food and eating. Eating is my favorite activity. And eating is better and easier with factor. Factor I'm telling you, I tried their stuff. It is delicious. It is great. It is high quality. And they are, when I say ready to eat meals, they're ready to eat in two minutes. They're not frozen. They're never frozen. They're chef crafted, dietitian approved. And literally you heat them for two minutes. Every week you have over 35 options to choose from. They have calorie smart, protein plus keto. I just did chef's choice. 60 or more add-ons that you can stay fueled up. They had these juice shots that were incredible. These are restaurant quality meals that are ready to heat and eat when you are ready to eat. That's it. And they're really good. Elisa loved them too. There's no prep. There's no mess. I've tried a lot of these different kinds of meals. Factor is amazing. Okay? And factor is less expensive than takeout. So what are you gonna do? Cause I'm telling you, you have to believe me, I never lie. Factor is amazing. You're gonna head to Factor Meals, F-A-C-T-O-R-M-E-A-L-S.com slash Judy Gold50. J-U-D-Y-G-O-L-D 50 50. Okay. Judy Gold50. And use code J-U-D-Y-G-O-L-D 50. Judy Gold50 to get. off that's code Judy gold 50 at factor com slash Judy gold 50 and get 50% off. It's worth it. You're welcome. Then, uh, you were meeting a friend for lunch, I guess, 2018, four years later after, uh, you're walking across the street. You have the right away and you get hit by a car. And you break a leg and both your foot and you have a rod in your leg. And it was like a, almost a year recovery. You had to learn how to walk again. Well, the rod was put
0: in wrong.
1: Right. Oh, that's right.
0: So my foot should have been like this. I remember Yeah, like that because the leg was on wrong. So they had right. to break my leg. And so that's why it was such a long, because the first time it had to heal before they could re-break it.
1: Right, and this was in the emergency room.
0: Well, they didn't re-break it in the emergency oh. No,
1: no, I'm saying they put it on wrong in the ER.
0: Well, it was, it was like a, an elbow doctor or, so, or a shoulder right. doctor and he was
1: working on my leg. So, but Maybe I, he should s- stay with the elbow. It happened to my brother with his hip, same thing. Um, he had to have it re yeah. Cause he gotten a fell off a bike and they fucking did it wrong.
0: I just felt like maybe my leg was so mangled. It was hard. Right. To so it was 18 degrees off. And
1: so now it's fine. Right. I mean, I remember I visited you. I know. that was I amazing. love you. <laughs> and you were still recovering, but what a fucking positive attitude. I mean, you are the one non-complaining Jew, I know. Like you were like, you know, this I is needed it. A rest. I'm, huh? I needed a rest. Um, so you then got another rest because you got all healthy, you're starting to do shows again and the fucking pandemic hits.
0: I'm telling you, they don't want me on stage. Shut up. So um, yeah, yeah, so I did one show. Judy, I sang at my show. That right. I sang four songs.
1: Two. I had, you sang two. Jeff.
0: I did. I sang in my life, and then I opened by singing "Help" because right. there's a, a line in the song that said, "Help me get my get my
1: feedback on the down. ground." Yeah.
0: And then I sang a Joni Mitchell cover, um, Twisted, about her analyst. And then at the end, everybody said with a little
1: help from my friends. Were you there? No, I, I read did a little them. research. Yeah. Um, I love that. And you said that is the greatest. If you're going to go out and not be able to perform, that was the greatest night to, you know. Yeah. Be your last show. And then you ended up doing a lot of the Zoom. We both did a lot of Zoom shit. You I showed loved- me
0: how to do it. You showed me how to do it. Because you were like, I'm just going to do what I do. Right. And so that gave me a lot of confidence.
1: And I, I would look at the gallery and do crowd work. You know, like, what, um, you're asleep? I'm- Bob, why are you asleep? But I love the line, you once got heckled. And um, someone said they had a better punchline for your joke. Can you, best return ever, you
0: said. So it was San Francisco in the yep. early 90s. And this woman was like, the whole time was like, I'm a comedian and I'm talking to her and being nice or whatever. And then she goes, I could have written a better punchline than that. <laughs> And I really wanted to just cry and run off the stage. This was Cobbs. Right. The old Cobbs. Yep. By the wharf. And instead, I don't know where it came from, Judy. Maybe it's like that fight or flight. Yeah. Thing. But I, she goes, I could have I written a better punchline. And I go, and where are you working tonight?
1: It's <laughs> so great. So fucking burned, bitch.
0: <laughs> um, oh, I have one other heckle. So I used to open my show by saying I took, I'm nervous because I took a year off to have a baby people clap. And then I say that didn't happen. <laughs> and then, and then I would follow it up by saying I did eat for two. <laughs> and this woman yells out, obviously. And I was really taken aback. Cause you know, i Body issues, right? Right. I want to Even fucking punch your face point, in. I give a
1: fuck. And what did you say? And
0: I said, "What is your name again, bitch?"
1: <laughs> fucking love you. <laughs> um, I want to just talk about three more things, and then we can, because I could talk to you. First of all, I'm putting this out there. It's my vision board. I want to go on tour with Wendy. We. I have been talking about it. All these fucking guys go on tour and they're like, my dick is small. That's they name the tour, the (laughs) small dick tour, and they fucking sell out stadiums. And I am doing this. I'm telling you right now, Wendy and I are going on the road. We're going to pick a couple other people and uh, we're doing it. And it's not going to be called my dick is small, but you are, I resent social media because I feel like, You know, I did all this work and then the rules changed. And you love social media because um, you're positive and you look at the positive part of it. So uh, kudos to you for that. I'm medicated. Me too. Okay. One of the questions I ask all the um, guests is if they're on meds, because we're very pro mental health and what they do for their mental health. So you are on meds. What do you take? I take a Fexor. Oh, I was on that. And how did you get off of it? It was shit. It was hell. I've tried twice. Yeah, because you're you're like, nyeh, 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 your brain goes fucking crazy. Well, my therapist is like,
0: if you were diabetic, you wouldn't go off of insulin. So why are you trying to go off? Of yeah, it? I know but it's, yeah. I'm just, I, I, I'm down a little bit on how much I take. And it, it seems to be better.
1: Okay, I um just for the listeners, you know, I switched from Paxil to Luvox because as my doctor was like, "Oh, they call Paxil Paxon," you know, because I was got fat, and um, <laughs> then the the uh, so I went to Luvox and Wellbutrin, but the Paxil was always the one that really worked. But I was just like, I'm sick of being fat. Then the pandemic comes, I go on Luvox, I get fatter. So I was like, you know what, I'm freaking out. I'm crying all the time. I'm like, I lose my keys. And then I start screaming like a fucking lunatic. So I, I'm back on the Paxil and I feel really good. Um, what about, Lu- you said Luvox. I got off the Luvox and went uh, back on the Paxil. I was like, I think, you know, I can't deny that that's what works.
0: Right. Um, well, am but I broke out
1: in hives. Well, butrin is used so you can have an orgasm, you know, because, uh, you know, it undoes that part of it. Uh, but you know, who cares? <laughs> um, what else do you do for your mental health? Do you meditate? I know you play the piano. I know you're writing a mystical and meditate. a book.
0: I don't meditate. Yeah. We do ride an exercise bicycle. Um, Me too. I a twin, but I ride it to the Peloton commercials. <laughs> Uh, I have, no, I have a recumbent bike. I ride a 10 miles a day.
1: Wow.
0: It takes about an hour. Right. And I, Oh, this is a new thing I've been doing for mental health, Judy. I have been drinking tons of alcohol. No, I'm kidding. I've been drinking hot water. I don't mean warm. I mean, instead of coffee, I drink coffee also hot water throughout the day i don't know what it does it calms me down no way hot like hot coffee hot coffee hot water 145 degrees actually like i i bought this mug that keeps it the same temperature all day
1: that's mental and i'm not doing that sorry (laughs) well you asked okay The other thing I ask all my guests, because the podcast is called Kill Me Now, because as you know, Wendela, I say Kill Me Now about 100,000 times a day because everything gets on my fucking nerves. So what pisses you off more than anything in the entire world?
0: Well, first of all, I have to say that um, when we did a benefit, when I asked you to do your benefit that's probably when your managers told you not to do benefits (laughs) now (laughs) um it was for the safe center on Long Island which is like domestic abuse and you know I couldn't say kill me now (laughs) I couldn't say you were from kill me now right right um what pisses me off I don't like to feel ignored Mm and. I don't like when people are rude I fuck yeah actually even more than that I wish people were nicer people are so fucking mean lately it doesn't cost anything to be nice right and I understand it's hard to be nice if you're unhappy or feel sick or whatever. right but
1: I just think
0: I, that that's what pisses me off.
1: Yeah, I really hate pe- when people and are also rude. And
0: the perforation on a bill isn't on the fold.
1: Oh, what the fuck! That pi- when I get residual checks and I and yes. it's like yes, and I'm like really, why is the perforation underneath the fu- and then and then then you can't do it because there's not enough space to get the fucking thing. I know the worst but that's a little thing that is right. But it's annoying and you know, I need that 39 cents, you know, <laughs> um, Wendela. I love you so much. I love you so much. And I'm not kidding. I'm putting that out there. Okay. I would love to do that. Um, but we got to pick who else, you know. know, and, or it could just be the two of us. And, um, I can't wait to see you in person. Everyone, where can everyone find you? Can you tell And, Follow Wendy, like, if you're on Facecock, follow Wendy, because you will get in on the whole joke writing process, which is fascinating. And Wendy and I are going to be sending each other two to three jokes a day. We also, a secret, we send each other jobs that we would be having right now if we weren't doing stand-up. We always send, like, what we could have done instead. Um, I mean, why
0: couldn't I have just been... The most hilarious kindergarten teacher.
1: Right, I could have been a refrigerator repair person or something, you know.
0: (laughs) Really funny advertising.
1: Yeah, but no, we had to pick. Yeah, we had to do this. This fucking shit. Um. So, at Wendy Liebman is your is that your Twitter? And I'm on Instagram. L i e b m a n. Are you on TikTok? I'm not on TikTok. Ne- me neither. And everyone's like, you can be on TikTok. It's like, I can't. I, ha- I can't do it. I, I can't, can't make another more. I know. Pick one. Yeah, I can't. I just, it's too much. Um, you are a delight. I love you Thank so you. much. I
0: love you so much. And, uh, 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 and is- then
1: Elisa sent me right before, please send my love to Wendela. We had and- so much fun once in your hotel room. I know, the three of us. Oh, yeah, <laughs> um, you are the best, Wendy. Come to LA
0: sooner. Or I'll I will. I miss my you. Parents. Okay. I you so much. Judy. I love you.
1: Thank Judy's you. Book. Mm-hmm. Judy's book. Judy's book. Your book, Isabel, that's coming out, and your n- musical yes. that you're writing about that I'm starring in, and um, you're the best. Thank you so much for listening to part two of Kill Me Now with my friend, Wendy Liebman. I love her so much. Kill Me Now is produced by Laura Vogel, edited by Colin Schmeling. This podcast would not be possible without the help of Brittany Jo Sowards. Now, if you like the show, which if you listened to this part of the show, then you like it. So you need to subscribe and leave a review of five stars so I can, you know, feel good about myself and other people can find the podcast. If you haven't purchased my book, I've been saying this for a year now. Yes, I can say that. When they come for the comedians, we're all in trouble. You really are not a Judy Gold fan. Also, if you're traveling, the audiobook is great. Uh, you might not want to listen to it in front of your kids unless you're me. And you don't care if your kids hear curse words because who the fuck cares? Anyway, also, the uh, movie Hysterical on Hulu is fantastic. I'm featured in that. It's about women's stand-ups. Anyway, you'll be hearing, I'll be doing some other TV stuff uh, coming up, but just get my book, seriously, and thank you for listening, and it would mean so much to me if you would check everything out at my website, judygold.com. There's links to my book there. (laughs) I hate the way I'm talking right now. Also, make sure to follow me on Twitter and Instagram. All upcoming events, I am... um, in Provincetown all summer I'm performing at the art house. Fridays and Saturdays in Jul- in July at 9 pm and Tuesdays and Wednesdays at 7:30 in August okay So if you're on the Cape, come and laugh. We need to fucking laugh this world is fucking crazy um, so follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Judy Gold J-E-W-D-Y G-O-L-D like Jew Gold because I'm a Jew I don't know if you knew it, it was a Jew 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 anyway uh, thank you all so much for listening get vaccinated be safe I love you all and as all, we always say so long <laughs> and uh, everything was wonderful I'll see you soon. Thank you for the visit. So long.